Right, senoras y senores, what is going on? And welcome on into today's Oyen Philly Sports. It is December 26th. It's a beautiful Monday start of the final week of the 2022 year. We're at the end, guys. It's it is really crazy that like literally two years ago, we were in this spot and we were just got done one of the most craziest years of our lifetime, COVID. Um, everything that was with 2020, and we're now here 2022, looking ahead of 2023. It's it's a crazy time, and obviously, you know, this big week for you know just just for a lot of people, it's you're heading into a new year, and you're trying to leave past 2022. And you know, just like with any type of athlete, any type of team, you're looking to improve your belt, improve upon yourself in 2023. So. Uh, welcome everyone to Oyen Philly Sports. Uh, Want to welcome everyone from Facebook. We got YouTube. We got Twitter. We got TikTok in the building. So welcome on in. If you guys are new to Oyen Philly Sports, pretty much we just hang out. We we shoot the shit. We talk Philly sports. Obviously, it was a, a holiday weekend. Merry Christmas to all. Happy holidays to all. Um, obviously, took the last two days to spend some time with some family. Um, so I hope you guys did as well. Hope the Eagles loss didn't ruin it for you a little bit, but. Uh, Obviously, we're going to talk about that here today. We'll talk about the Sixers. They look hot right now. Um, maybe some Flyer stuff, uh, some Phillies, maybe some Union as well. But mostly, I know we all want to talk Eagles here. I know we want to talk about football. Um, if we got Cowboys fans in the building, we want to welcome you guys as well. Hey, we welcome all here. We're, we're, we include everybody here. We don't exclude anybody. So uh, we'll definitely be talking about a lot of that. Um, uh, I will put the link out there if you guys want to come on in talk about whatever it is you guys talk about i will put the link in the comment section here on youtube if you guys want to come on in what's up tiktok what's happening guys appreciate you guys coming on in your happy holidays to you guys as well keep tapping that screen away um keep comment commenting in the comment section we're talking birds we're talking sixers we're talking flyers phillies union uh if you have anything else if you have uh any any other point in sports in general we like to talk we like to chop it up here so definitely keep throwing it in there uh, Christmas was great for me, guys. I, again, um, went down the Jersey Shore, was down in Brigantine for this Christmas again. So a lot of fun hanging out with my girl's parents as my parents are in Colombia at the moment. Got to talk to my dad, had a little bit of the banda in the back. If you are Colombian, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But um, I, had, I had a blast. So sipping on a little bit of that scotch. Um, Glenn Levitt has this rum reserve scotch that is my absolute favorite. They aged the scotch in rum barrels. And adds a little bit of a hint of sweetness that just makes it so smooth. You could like chug the scotch. Typically, scotch for none of my for for my non-scotch drinkers, scotch is a a simple sipping drink. But with this with this scotch, it's so smooth, so tasty. Uh, so I was sipping on that on Christmas. Uh, had a little bit of coquito for all my uh, Puerto Rican endeavors. Some coquito was fantastic. I had some pasteles as well. Um, that's really the only reason why I'm with my girlfriend for the Puerto Rican food. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, uh, it, it was, it was a lot of fun. Obviously we watched the Eagles, uh, game. Uh, my girlfriend's dad and her, and her brother are big, big, big Eagles and Sixers fans. So I get to watch, I watch most of my Eagles and Sixers games with them. It's always fun, man. You always have your set of, uh, people that you like to watch, whether it be family, whether it be friends, uh, you just have your set of people, and those are really my people that I like to watch Eagles games with. And, of course, you, you top the night off with Christmas vacation. Listen, I don't want to hear it. All right? To me, we, we could debate this all you want, but there is one Christmas movie that is far superior to any other Christmas movie, and that is Christmas Vacation. There is no other better movie, in my honest opinion. I 
love that movie. It is funny, Mr. Alex Carr. Yes, I did see that tweet out there. It's funny. It's family. It's family fun for everybody. And it's just a classic. Like you can just enjoy it here in 2022, even though it came out in like 1980 something. It's a great movie. Um, I mean, like if I think about like some of the best Christmas movies, there's obviously so many. But, you know, Jingle All the Way is one of my other favorites. Love that movie. As an adult, love this Christmas. One of the great ones. And I'm a big like uh, I love the uh, the Mickey Mouse Scrooge story. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with it. I'll go with that one. Um, I like the Santa Clauses with Tim Allen back in those days. Those are a lot of fun as well. But nothing tops Christmas vacation. And then, yes, I'm going to throw out a little bit of a hot take. Bear, 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 bear. Home Alone is not a Christmas movie. I just said that. I just said that. What's up, Conte? How you feeling, brother? What's going on, man? I miss coming into your lives. Dude, I miss having you guys coming in live, man. It was a blessing finally back on live, TikTok live here. Bringing all these shows back on TikTok live. So it is definitely great to kind of see as well. But, ladies and gentlemen, I know we all want to talk about something specific, and I think we should get to it. The Philadelphia Eagles on Christmas Eve went down to Dallas to face off against the boys, the hated rival that was. And with the victory against the Dallas Cowboys, that would have locked up not only the number one seed in the NFC playoffs, but also the NFC East title. It is crazy that there hasn't been back-to-back NFC East title winners since the Eagles back in 03-04. That's wild to me. But that's how tough this NFC East division is always. Um, obviously, the big story going into the game was no Jalen Hurts and how the Eagles would overcome the loss of their MVP candidate in Jalen Hurts. And that was going to be how we would watch this game, how they would be able to win this or handle this game without lose 40 to 34. And look, I, there are a lot of emotions after this one. And by the way, the Eagles and Cowboys rivalry. It is at an all-time high right now. The stuff that I saw on, on Twitter, stuff that I saw on TikTok, the back and forth, it, it's crazy right now. It is absolutely well. And by the way, Eagles fans, we don't need to um, wish ill will on any Cowboys fan or Cowboys player. Let's 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 be the bigger person here. Um, and you know that that was absolutely crazy. But I want to get some of my points and my takeaways from this game, and then I also want to hear from you guys and your thoughts about uh, the game as well. So my first takeaway of this game was. Uh, Jalen Hurts is more important than I actually, I actually, I think we all thought. I think Saturday would have proved to me more important than anything else was Jalen Hurts is number one, still the top MVP candidate, but number two, he's more important than what people are making it out to see. Not on Gardner Minshew either. Listen, Gardner Minshew is a backup quarterback, and that this is what the frustrating point of it is all. Because although I do give credit to Gardner Minshew for giving it his all and putting in an effort, look, 24-40, 355 yards, two touchdowns, and we'll talk about two interceptions in a second, but listen, that's a valiant effort for a backup quarterback, and that's the point of here because I don't forget what the conversation was after the Jets came last year, right? I don't forget the conversation when Jalen Hurts was struggling in the beginning parts of last season. I remember the people who said Jalen uh, Gardner Minshew should get a shot, uh, he's a better quarterback than Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts can't throw. Gardner can put in Gardner Minshew. And yes, I did hate that it got racial as well. I'm not going to get too further, but that definitely did piss me off. I'm not going to lie to you guys. And so when this year, in a crucial moment, 
when you got the division on the line, number one seed on the line, Gardner Minshew, although played a valiant effort, it still was not enough. And that happens. That flat out does happen. But I won't, although I won't take anything away from Gardner Minshew, I want the Minshew maniacs to forever shut TikTok of your ears. Shut the fuck up, honestly. I'm not talking to TikTok. Shut the fuck up, respectfully. Because what Gardner Minshew showed was that he is a backup quarterback. That's what Gardner Minshew is. He's not a starter. He may get a starter job in the future. And that's, you know, I wish that for him. Don't ever wish a will. But he's not a franchise quarterback. He's not a starting quarterback by far. He's got his flaws. He, he straight up does. Now, look, I know it is tough as well. And I, I don't take anything away from Gardner for going down to the the uh, funeral of, you know, a head coach of his that was very integral of his development and his life. I can't fault him for that. But I would do think that maybe um, not being with the teammates for those one to two days was that may may have affected just a little bit, just a little bit. When you're trying to install your package for Saturday's game on short notice, that could be a little bit difficult. But what I noticed from Gardner Minshew was the moment was just too far of a reach for him. He doesn't have the arm strength for to, to start in this league. And, you know, maybe if he has some more seasoning, he could have made some quicker decisions. But that's the two main things that I noticed taken away from Gardner Minshew's a performance on Saturday. Uh, and look, the fact is, Garner did go up against a good defense. And you're going to notice that, although I know we all hate the Dallas Cowboys, I personally can't take anything away, and I do think that that's a formable opponent. Their defense is pretty solid. On occasions, yeah, you were able to burn those corners because that's that's a possibility. It's, it's not that far-fetched to do. But that was that the Dallas team got after it, and you definitely have to give them credit for that. Now, what they really missed on Saturday was Jalen Hurts' leadership and his skill. Jalen Hurts is a mismatch. For whatever you say, Jalen Hurts is a mismatch. And as a defensive coordinator, you have to try to defend that. It's part of the game plan every single week. So that's really, to me, what the Eagles were missing out. The leadership, the skill, the arm strength. You know. Gardner Minshew just float in some of these balls. And there was like a third and six in the first half. Quez Watkins finds himself. Dallas runs no safety on third and six first off, which is wild. But Quez Watkins wide open in the center of the field. And Gardner Minshew just floats that bad boy because he's trying to get it past the linebacker. He kept floating all these damn balls. It's because he doesn't have the arm strength for that. And that's really what we missed. Guard, Jalen Hurts knows these guys. You know, I, I saw yesterday the pictures on social media, all those pictures from the offseason where they're running their, their, their hill sprints and they're sweating. They're in the trenches. They're working on the season, getting prepared for the season. Jalen Hurts knows these guys well. to these guys up when need be. And in a tight game like yesterday, it would have been very beneficial. Not saying Gardner didn't do it. Like, listen, Gardner Minshew, after uh, the first interception, you know, you see him on the going to the sideline. He's trying to get the guys up. He did his thing. But it's different when it's Jalen Hurts. It's a different type of respect when it's Jalen Hurts. And Jalen just pre provides nightmares. Like, think about the first matchup. 
Think about how we beat the Dallas Cowboys. Think about how we took away their best defensive player in the first matchup. You ran the read option. You put the game in Micah Parsons' hands, and you and you found out he choked it away. You're not able to do that. The Eagles would run the read option, and there's like no point of it because you know that Carter Minshew is going to hand the ball off. The defensive end didn't even didn't even sit there. He just went and pursued the back. He just knew that that was going to get handed off to the running back. And, and just like that, I mean, that Jalen Hurts is a big part of not only the passing game with his accurate ball. Like, dude, that arm strength of Jalen Hurts, I, I mean, I didn't take that for granted, but I kind of took it a little bit for granted after I saw Gardner Mitchell's throws. A lot of those throws, Jalen Hurts would have zipped it in there, and we, we could have been talking about a couple more big plays. And you even look at the running game. When you have the threat, the elite running threat of Jalen Hurts, I mean, it makes things go, especially on the run game. That, to me, was the biggest, biggest thing. So, Gardner Minshew, you give him credit, but you you saw where you missed Jalen Hurts in this game. But even with all that, the Eagles often still put up 34 points. So, that gave you a chance. So, why is it that we allowed 40 points and lost this game? I really can't believe that we're deep into this season. We got two games left. And yet we are still talking about Jonathan Gannon and his soft play calling. It's deep enough into the season. How are you not learning at all? A lot of this loss holds on to Jonathan Gannon and his lack of aggressive play calling. Gardner Minshew has a minuscule reason why you lost this game. It is not the main reason. It is a part of the reason. And it's okay to say that, Eagles fans. I know we all want to toot the horn of Gardner Minshew because he gave a valiant effort. But it is what it is. That's a tough spot, but it is what it is. But I would expect that our defense and our defensive coordinator, most importantly, would call and would play the game of all games. The best team yet would expect that because that's what you need in that moment. 34 points. I mean, come on, dude. They gave, they gave you 34 points. Look. Missing C.J. Gardner-Johnson, missing Avante Maddox is huge in your in your defensive backfield, 110%. And you saw how Dak Prescott and the Cowboys were able to expose that. But you know what a big reason why that was? The stupid soft zone defense. How many balls did you see up the middle of the goddamn field? You got Josiah Scott lining up in slot after the Maddox injury, and you got Reed Blankenship who got exposed in this game. And you saw what happened. We do have to look at the drive. Yes, the drive of the drives. The drive that honestly dictated the game. It was the biggest momentum shift of this game. The third and 30 drive. Up until that point, two huge sacks by, by Hassan Reddick and by Josh Sweat. And what does JG do on third and 30? Runs a stupid soft zone. Four down linemen rushing the passer. The Dallas Cowboys had, were in shotgun, yes, but had two in the backfield. Zeke and, and Dalton Schultz. That should just tell you. That should just ring the fucking bells in your goddamn head. They're passing the ball long. They got their best pass-blocking tight end and their best pass-blocking running back in the backfield on shotgun. Three wideouts going deep. 
How do you not see that? So now you got a Darius Slay running a quarter corner or a quarter zone, and you're gonna leave freaking Josiah Scott to, to freaking scave off T.Y. Hill. A reminder, T.Y. Hill still got wheels. Jonathan Gannon is a big part of why you lost that game. Why not put the game into the pass rush's hands? Why not? Bring the extra, bring the extra pass rushers. Like, come on, man. You don't have CJ Gardner Johnson. You don't have Avanti Maddox. So go and help your defense, man. You're leaving your guys to dry. And I give kudos to Dak Prescott because after that first uh, drive interception, which was, by the way, a terrible decision by Dak Prescott and Josh Wett, kudos to him getting his touchdown. But after that, my dude was like perfect. It was like 14 to 14. Come on, man. It's just absolutely terrible. Where's the aggression? JG? Like, how are we supposed, how is this defense? Supposed to play fearless, relentless, snot-nosed defense when their defensive coordinator is as soft as a baby's bottom. Probably shouldn't say it like that. Soft as paper. Soft as toilet paper. Soft as pudding. Whatever you want to say. He's soft. He calls a soft play call. And it's it was it killed the Eagles on Saturday. And you give kudos to the Dallas Cowboys. They were desperate. They needed that. The Dallas Cowboys needed Saturday's win. After the loss of the Jacksonville Jaguars, that was a punch in their, uh, a punch in their face. They absolutely needed that. Even with your own injuries, you got to match the intensity of the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Jonathan, I hope Jonathan Gannon takes a head coaching job. I really do. <laughs> I really just hope he does. Um, you know, we just talked about Reed Blankenship. He got expensive. my problem with Reed Blankenship. I, I like the tenacity. I like the energy. The dude can read an angle worth a lick. I've seen Reed Blankenship, you know, on coverage and on just tackles. Just take the the worst angles possible. That's really what kills him. He just cannot. He does not know how to read an angle worth of worth, worth his life. And Kaiser Way has been exposed over the past couple games. Um. I'm not one of these people saying we got to go try Nicobe Dean out there. Let's let's give him his looks because it's too far into the season. And by the way, Kaiser White got us to this point, so I, I just can't take him out. But he needs a wake up. I, I hope. I mean, Saturday seemed to be like a wake up call, but I really hope that that is the case. But um, you got to give Dallas credit. I mean, that's my third point. You have to give Dallas credit. Um, it's not a bad team. I know we're all Eagles fans. I know we we have the green glasses on, but it's not a bad team. It's a solid defense. Um, Dak Prescott, he's too much of a gunslinger. You know, I, I look at Brett Favre and his career, and, you know, he's one of the best passers of all time, one of the biggest assholes of all time, too, but one of the best passers of all time. And when you – I remember back in those days, as big of numbers that Brett Favre was putting up, dude was turning the ball over a high clip, too. And so that's what happens when you have some of these gunslingers. But they needed that game. Flau needed that game, and they turned they turn it around. Um, and they also took advantage of a situation where it was favorable. I mean, you you that's what you do in the NFL. We did the same thing to them early on in the season. Let's call a spade a spade. They early on in the year we were going up against Cooper Rush and we took advantage of it. And now they were able to, to take advantage of it. But also too, um, you shot yourself in the foot. You did the plexico. You pulled the plexico bears. Four turnovers. I I mean, you're you're just not gonna get the job done. 
Now, obviously, for Gardner Minshew's interceptions, I mean, you can you can say Quez Watkins, he should fight for those balls, but also you can say Gardner Minshew, those were some inaccurate passes, and you put a, a receiver like Quez Watkins in terrible. There, he's not Devontae Smith, he's not AJ Brown, who did make big, big passes or big catch. I'm sorry, in this game. I mean, those two interceptions. I mean, you got to you got to put that ball in a better spot. And how many balls did he just throw away? About that was it the drive before halftime? Three straight downs, and you just throw the ball out of bounds. I, I I mean, come on, man. And kudos on the last drive. The last drive of the game, they moved the ball down the field, but they couldn't they couldn't finish. Dallas made their adjustments, got it into Carter Minshew, and and it and it was what it was. Obviously, you know you got the 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 Boston Scott fumble, which I put that on Gardner Minshew. Um, dude, either you pull the ball or you give it to your back, but you can't do the half-assy shit because it leads leads into fumbles like that. And then the Miles Sanders one. Listen, Miles Sanders is already getting killed as it is. All right, and I know, and Miles Sanders also didn't handle it the right way either. The one thing you cannot do, you can't pull no Jalen Rager. After a bad game with a bad play, a costly play like that, you can't go on social media. That's the last place you should be going. Don't go to social media. I feel for Miles Sanders, but as a veteran player now, you got to handle that. Did that ruin Miles Sanders' money too? I don't think so. I think he's still having a, a solid season, but you cannot shoot yourself in the foot. Uh, real quick, so after the game, some news to talk about. Lane Johnson obviously was out. Uh, I think he left in like what in the third quarter. Uh, it's is an adom- It's a partial abdominal tear from what we're hearing. We saw J- uh, Driscoll go into the game, Jack Driscoll. Uh, so he more likely will start next week. Uh, for Lane Johnson, the best case scenario is that he's back by the playoffs. So we'll talk about it in a second. But that's the best case scenario. He's definitely out for the rest of the regular season, which is fine. You know, you'll deal with that. You do need to hope that Driscoll is good enough to get you one more win so you can get the bye, right? And um, of course. Avante Maddox also done for the regular season. We'll see what his status is for the playoffs. More than likely, it's more than likely Lane Johnson comes back for the playoffs. Not so likely with Avante Maddox, to be honest with you guys. And then we'll see what Jalen Hurts. So this game on Saturday against the Saints is clearly super important, right? This team now needs the number one seed more now than they did before Saturday's game. Only because you got Jalen Hurts, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, Lane Johnson, um, uh, maybe Avanti Maddox, but you got some key players who need that rest. Plus, you got some veteran players like uh, Jason Kelsey, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, who could use that rest as well. So it is super imperative that the Birds get this bye week this week. No excuses, and you absolutely can do that. I'm hoping that they run up the scoreboard. Jalen Hurts starts the game, run up the scoreboard. You know, with three, five minutes left in the third quarter, they sit their guys and we're celebrating uh, 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 NFC number one seed lock and NFC East title yet again. So we shall see what happens. But hey, it is what it is. It's fine, guys. It's fine. You know, I know it sucks losing uh, to the Cowboys. I hate them too. Um, but by, by far, man, it, it is what it is. Uh, we got the trolls in the building. Alex Grow wants to let us know that Kirk is better than Hertz. If that's what you want to believe, my friend. What's up, Jason? How you feeling, brother? Let's go, birds, man. T.Y.L. still comes up big, though. Yeah, man. Listen, they made the decision of going with T.Y. Hill and over Odell Beckham Jr., and that was the right move. I think Odell Beckham is not healthy because if he was, he would be in the league right now playing for some team. So it is a 
it, it is very telling. Um, with the Philadelphia 76ers, so after you lose on Christmas Eve to the Dallas Cowboys, the Sixers turn around Christmas Day. It's a good one. Uh, beating the New York Knicks. Uh, in a, in a, and listen, that was a solid, that was a solid victory there uh, by the Philadelphia 76ers. When you consider the fact that um, they're on a winning streak, right, and they've been on a seven-game win streak, but it's all been at home, right? So you were hoping that they could keep this this going, uh, heading into New York on Christmas Day, and you know New York is you know it's not a team to be slouched upon. I mean they they they've been a little bit on a run as well, um, and for the Sixers, a one nineteen to one twelve victory, uh, and, and listen. Well, a couple of things that I will say about the the Knicks, right? One thing I noticed in the beginning of the game, uh, we we did lose them early in the year, but that we were in a different spot. We were missing some key players, but the Knicks have always been a solid team. And the one thing I always know is that when Julius Randle is not the leading scorer, he's at his best and he's at his most dangerous. This team has always missed a point guard, and they have Jalen Brunt now, and it seems like he's been what exactly they have missed. The Knicks went on a quick lead, and they were leading most of the uh, most of the first and most second, honestly. And a lot of it had to do with the Knicks, with Jalen Brunson leading the charge, creating for others, creating for himself, and Julius Randle was cooking. I mean, he had like three or four threes in the first half, something like that. And the Sixers were just allowing him to get open and out on the, on the wings. He was just knocking down corners, some elbow threes. And one other thing that was really working for the Knicks was just quick transition offense, whether it be off a turnover or off a rebound. You have Emmanuel quickly, Jalen Brunson, uh, Julius Randle already running down on the other end of the court, Mitch Robinson. And with that, I mean, the Sixers kind of were just like conserving their energy, something that you've seen throughout this win streak. And then once the moment hit, the Knicks were in trouble. <laughs> James and Joel got into their groove. Settled it down, brought the Knicks back down to earth. The Anthony Milton made some big shots. And then right before halftime, Shake Milton hits this huge buzzer beater half court three to cut the lead 63 to 60. It was like a 12 point deficit, like in the beginning of the second quarter to cut it now down to three. And then in the second half, the Sixers did Sixers things. James and Joel worked worked their magic again. They seem to have their chemistry down packed. You see the picture after the game, the little cartoon graphic. Joel and James put in the star on top of the, the Christmas tree. Guys, James and Joel, when those two guys are on, it is so hard to stop us. And oh, by the way, the offense is going through those two. You got Tyrese Max, he's still rehabbing. And hopefully his rehab's going uh, to schedule because obviously we do want him back. But, you know, it, it's right now it's been fun to watch Joel and James kind of going at it and having fun with it. When this team, and from what I've learned throughout this one streak, obviously Joel and James are going to dictate most of the offense, especially Joel down low and James up high. But when you got other guys, the role players, doing their job, Tobias Harris, quick shooting. Same with the Anthony Mellon. Same with Shake. Jake Mellon's been a big contributor since Shake or since Tyrese Maxey's been down. George Niang knocking down his three. Listen, if George Niang's not knocking down his threes, there's really not much else he's doing. <laughs> Let's put it that way. 
He's been big for them as well. Montrez Harrell being a rim protector. Uh, who else? Am I when guys are just doing their roles, this is what happens. And the ball movement has been so much more fluid. The intensity has been better as well. I understand that, you know, the Sixers throughout this whole, whole run, it hasn't been smooth sailing. But what I've noticed is that when they need to, they will up the ante and they will control the pace of the game. And they have proven that. But when you got star players with, you know, this team is not a world beater. It's, you know, they don't have a bunch of freaking super fast players, but they have star and generational players who, if they play at the way that they do, they can dictate and control the pace of the game as they will, as they do. Um, so a couple of rumors here. So right before you had the Wojanowski reporting, which is crazy on Christmas Day, he would put this out there. But the reports are is that um, at the end of the season, James Harden can opt out, which I thought he signed a three-year deal. His third year was an option, but I'll, I'll, I guess I have to double-check the contract. But he can opt out, and he can go back to Houston. And that's what he looked, apparently, from the rumor, is that that's what he's looking to do. Again, it's a rumor. Um, James did get asked this question after the game, and he didn't really put it to rest. He put it pretty much said that he's happy now. It's all about the now. Seems playing well now, but you know he doesn't know anything about it. Doesn't know anything about this rumor. All right, James. I do think that there is some truth about it, but I also do think that James is focused on winning right now with the Philadelphia 76ers. This is the best opportunity. And heck, if this if he wins here with the Sixers, yeah, he could be looking to leave. He loves Houston. That was his home for a decade. You know, he's got a lot of friends in the uh, industry, if you know what I mean. So listen, if he wins here and he goes back to Houston, will you be mad at him for that? I can't. But I, it's just one of those things that you can't just worry about, and you're gonna have to look at it going into next year, right? So you're gonna have to look at it the all season. Um, and then there was another one which I really um, it, there's I don't think I think this one is less believable, but apparently the Sixers and, and Knicks are looking to um, work on a deal that would send Tobias Harris to New York. I really think that the Tobias Harris trade rumors are done. I mean, you'd have to get some type of really generational wing player um, in order for that move to happen. But listen, Tobias is actually fitting in with this team. This team needed a stretch four that could pop up and shoot, play defense. He plays solid defense because a lot of stretch four. Now he struggled against Julius Randle in the first half, which, you know, but it's funny because him and Julius is a great matchup because there are times where Tobias gets the best of Julius. There are times where Julius gets the best of Tobias. Um, but I think that the Tobias Harris rumors, trade rumors, we can all put the rest. Because I just flat out don't see anything. I mean, I don't think that there's any really need for it to happen either. So we shall see what happens. Um, JC, you want to go talk Phillies? That's, that's, we, we could talk Phillies, man. Uh, what do you think about the Phillies signing so far this season? I mean, I think they've – it's really been about Trey Turner, right? But I think the, the Phillies did exactly what they kind of needed. It was already a good team. I mean, they made the World Series. You just needed to kind of beef it up a little bit. And, you know, you go into the infield, um, and honestly, we all know that the Phillies infield has been one of the weakest. You move out Gene Segura, you move Bryce Stott to second, and then you sign one of the best shortstop in baseball and Trey Turner. And now you have another leadoff option. So I think this team has gotten better, right? Taewon Walker is an upgrade from Noah Syndergaard or Kyle Gibson for that matter as well. Uh, and then you forget that you got a free upgrade with your farm system 
because it looks like Andrew Painter might be coming up this year. Uh, obviously, that's all. We'll all wait and see come spring training time. But I mean, that's it's really been the big the big news here. Um, Stram is the one that I really do question. Uh, you did pay him significant amount of money. He's one of your highest paid bullpen pitchers. So we'll see. And he's not coming off of a great season with the Boston Red Sox. So that one is the one that's a little bit uh, of a stretch. Obviously, Craig Krimble was assigning this past uh, weekend, which, look, it's to me, it, I look at it like this. Would you have rather bring back Corey Knable or would you have rather sign Craig Krimble, who we've been rumored uh, or we've been connected to for like the past two, three seasons? Uh, and yes, the meme is back. The the game was a 2000. Was that 2019 when he was with the Braves? <laughs> his his freaking pitching stance <laughs> and all, all the Phillies fans mocking him as well. Uh, so it should be fun. Uh, so I, I want to look at this team back to your point, Jason. This team has significantly improved. The one thing I will does concern me is still the outfield. Bryce Harper, I don't think he'll play in the outfield this year. If he does, it'll be in the end of the season. I don't really want to see Nick Castellanos at right field every single day. You still got Matty V. You still got, obviously, Brandon Marshall be back at center field as a starter. Um, I would want to bring in one more utility outfielder, uh, but we'll, we'll wait to see what the, what if Dombrowski maybe brings a, a spring training guy. We'll, we'll see what happens. But that's like the only thing. But everything else I'm fine with. Yes, I'm fine with Reese Hoskins coming back this year as well. So I think that going forward, this team is uh, looking pretty damn well. Uh, Cole, thoughts on Josh Allen and the Bills? It was a big win on Christmas Eve by you guys. Um, I listen, it's a tough AFC, right? You obviously got the Bengals. You still got the Chiefs in there. Um, I looked at the playoff picture here today, actually. I think that the final four teams in the AFC will be Buffalo, Kansas City, Cincinnati, and Jacksonville. I do. If things fall in, into place. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you guys have a good shot of making the AFC Championship game yet again. Um, it's really about getting over the hump, man. But, obviously, you know, you guys are a really good elite team. Um, the judge make the right decision on staying with the Yankees? Of course, man. He got paid <laughs> handsomely. So, you, you, that's never a bad decision, right? Uh, would you bring up Derek Hall's a DH? If you need it, you have a surplus. of. That's the problem. You got a big surplus of DHs with Reese Hoskins. Um, obviously Alec Bohm, Nick Cassianos, Kyle Schwarber. Uh, so, I mean, in a stitch, you might use him as a DH. If you want to rest Reese Hoskins and I mean, who's going to play backup first base JT real Muta that we did last year uh, to give Reese Hoskins breath. We put Garrett Stubbs at catcher and move JT real Muta first. That is also another option. Um, uh, Derek, they don't, Derek Cole's not a good fielder and they don't really like putting him out there in the field too much. So it'll be interesting. Bills could beat the Bengals 2024, and the Bengals could beat the Bills 2024. Play in a playoff situation, either team could win. I do like the Bills a little bit better. That Bengals offensive line does worry me a little bit there. Um, real quick with the Flyers, guys. So obviously we got a couple days off here with the boys. Last time we saw them, yeah, it was not a pretty sight. I'm gonna pull up the game right now. I know no one's nobody probably wants to talk Flyers or the last game in general, to say the least. Um it was a 5-2 game that wound up being a 6-5 game. I'm still a loss here for the Flyers. Uh, but poor Samuel Erson, uh, I mean, dude, he allowed five goals, right? So they had to put in Carter Hart. And I feel bad for Erson because he's a kid that's looked good on uh, Lehigh Valley and also in training camp this year. He looked pretty solid, too. It's just a tough this tough call uh, putting him in like this situation. Obviously, Felix Sandstrom is still uh, it, it with a little bit of an illness, but... 
um, that that was a tough loss. So the Flyers now go off onto a little bit of a uh, West Coast road trip. Starts on Thursday. So we're going to have some, some late hockey. A 10.30 start on Thursday against the Sharks. They got a 4 o'clock uh, game on Saturday on New Year's Eve, which I'll try to watch a little bit of that. Um, Ducks on Monday at 10. The Coyotes at 7. This is going to be a home game, actually. That's a home game. But So you got the Sharks and the Ducks on late games two, Thursday this week and Monday next week. So, And then they'll be back. I always hate these New Year's trips that they give them, but... The real no, but the real watch is the World Juniors, right? So right now, uh, this morning, uh, you have two prospects right now going on for the Flyers in this tournament. Brian Zanetti for Switzerland. They faced off against Finland in an upset win. Switzerland beat Finland. Uh, Brian Zanetti, he logged in 17:30, two shots on goal, a minus one. It's not really, uh, you know, not a lot of potential, not a lot of expectations. But real one with expectation is the number one over is the number or the first round pick for the Flyers this past draft. That is Cutter Guthier, who's looked fantastic for Boston College as far as the season. And now he's representing the United States in the World Juniors. Um, and his game is actually going on right now. Uh, so we're gonna have to we'll be watching that game as soon as this game is done. Uh soon as we're done here. They're playing Lithuania and uh I can't wait to watch them cut Cutter Guthier. That game is going on right now on NHL Network, from my understanding. So if you guys have NHL Network, definitely check that out. But we'll be watching uh, Mr. Cutter Guthier. So those are my Flyers takes. Uh, real quick with the Philadelphia Union, uh, we saw a rumor being put out there about uh, Daniel Gazdak. I guess he went on a Hungarian TV show. There is extension talk being worked on with the Union and Daniel Gazdak uh, to extend them. This is the right move. He's, you know, he's in his late 20s. You know, you could be looking at Daniel Gazdak as a player you do keep here long term, maybe someone you don't flip. Uh, but, you know, if he continues playing on the pace that he is, you know, if he continues on his MVP like form going into next year, you could possibly flip him. But it would be nice to have some continuity at the number 10 position. I mean, I look at this team, what Tranquilo Barnetta gave you a couple seasons at the 10, but it would be nice to have Daniel Gazdag be your solidified number 10 for five seasons. He's, he's going into his third year with this, well, his his second full year with the club. Uh, so it would be really cool to see. So we're out to wait and see um, any updates on that. But it would be really cool to have Daniel Gazdag locked up long term here in Philadelphia. So we'll wait and see. Want some more Union news, man? I want to talk some more Philadelphia Union. So we'll. Well, hopefully we get some more news. But, guys, it's going to do it for this edition of Oin Philly Sports. I appreciate everyone checking on in here. A lot to talk about over the weekend, so we're back actually with with content here today. Stay tuned for some more TikToks here today as well. We'll have some TikToks being put out there. But uh, that's going to do it for today's edition of Oin Philly Sports. Make sure you guys hit the like button, subscribe for more Philly Sports. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, I go by the name of Ed Barley. I'm telling you guys, go Philly Sports. Talk to you guys soon. <laughs>